everyone, and welcome to the Rookie Life Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Prophet, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us here today for episode number 11. So I recently had the opportunity to interview not only one, but two mamas who made the tough decision to leave behind the conventional ways of parenting and schooling and choose a totally different path for their family, road schooling. So what is road schooling, you ask? Well, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's homeschooling your kids while on the road, usually in an RV. As you and I can both imagine, there are struggles to face shoving an entire family in such a small environment, some major adjusting that has to happen as you plan for life on the road. But guys, there are also some amazing things I had never even considered, like being able to totally get out of debt or experiencing new places for the first time together as a family and enjoying the adventure that comes along with an unconventional lifestyle. So get ready, rookies, as we prepare for a road trip. But if you're new here and wondering what else we're about here at The Rookie Life, let me tell you, we focus on what it means to start something new even when you have no idea where to begin how to develop new skills in all areas of your life, and how to find that it factor that'll keep you motivated every single day. So join us as we dive headfirst into what it means to be a rookie. Come on, rookies. We all have to start somewhere. Hey rookies and welcome back to episode number 11. So I mentioned earlier that I have two road schooling mamas I've chatted with and today I'm going to introduce you to my very first brave soul, Rachel Bullock. Y'all, I was so inspired when I read Rachel's story and I know several of my mommy friends that are curious about the world of homeschooling. So I knew I had to share this with you in case your situation sounds like what their situation used to be. So here's their story. Rachel and Josh Bullock, at the age of 40, were buried under debt, schedules, and a failing marriage. And they knew there just had to be a better way, a better option. So they decided to sell their house, most of their material possessions, and they downsized their family into a 37-foot RV. Now, I don't know about y'all, but it's hard for our family of five to be shoved into a hotel room for just a single night. So I'm trying to imagine downsizing our entire home with just a few square feet. They're already my heroes for doing this. Determined to find a new path, save their family, and chart a new course for their future, they decided to move their family from Georgia to Texas, and they are still redefining their version of the American dream. So I don't want to spoil any more of their story for you. I'll let Rachel tell you herself. Here is my interview with this road schooling mama. Well, Rookie Life Podcast, I'm really excited about today's interview. Today we have on the phone Rachel Bullock, who is an RVN homeschooling mama, and we are just so excited to learn more about you and what you do. So welcome to the show, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, okay, so I just want to really 
dive on in. We've already kind of gone over a little bit of your background and your bio, but if you can just give us a snapshot of your family story and where you are today and what's kind of led you to this point. Sure. So um, I'm married to my, um, well, I'm his better half. I'm married to my (laughs) husband, Josh. Um, We've been married for about 12 years. Um, We have five children total. Um, We have a combination of mine and ours. Um, This is both of our second marriage. Um, Our older girls are 21 and 18, and they are both in college, respectively, in Georgia. And then our younger kids are nine, eight, and three. Um, we were born and raised in Georgia in a pretty small town, um, Northwest of Atlanta, where everything in Georgia is located. If you ask someone. Okay. And, um, we grew up there. We grew up there. We raised our family there. We met there. Um, we bought a house there and, um, after several years of, of struggling to pay the mortgage and struggling to make ends meet with, um, our, our jobs, um, our marriage was just in trouble. We knew it was in trouble. Uh, we weren't really talking about it a lot. Uh, we weren't really talking a lot at all. We weren't arguing. We just weren't talking. Um, mm-hmm. We were buried under our kids' schedules, um, Boy Scouts, uh, Girl Scouts, um, high school cheerleader, um, rec, basketball, all kinds of different things we were doing to keep ourselves busy and occupied. And um, we were buried under our schedules. And not only were we buried under those two things, but our debt was just crushing us. And it wasn't a lot of credit card debt, actually. It was just our house and our everyday bills. We were living to pay our bills. And that's really all we were doing. And we were in a really just terrible cycle. Um, my husband's brother is a professor here in College Station, Texas at A&M, which I'm learning to say uh, gigam, Aggies. I don't <laughs> know a lot about that. Um, he called my husband, um, shortly before Thanksgiving last year and said, I think you should sell your house and buy a camper and move to Texas with me. And my, we hung up the phone and my husband said, you know, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard of. Um, I mean, that's just not mainstream. You just don't sell your house and move your whole family to a camper. Right. Um, after we just had some time to think about it and pray about it and, um, let it, let it resonate for a couple of weeks. He, he literally looked across the couch at me one night and said, you know what? We should just do it. He said, what do we really have to lose? And, and honestly, at that point, we really didn't have a lot to lose. We were going to lose our house. Um, our marriage was just definitely in a, in failure mode. And, um, we put our house on the market. We did a lot of, um, repairs and upgrades to our house that we would have never done otherwise invested a little money there and we bought a 37 foot fifth wheel RV and downsized from 3000 square feet into 37 feet, Whoa. 37 feet long. <laughs> oh my gosh! And, um, our older girls were off in college anyway. Um, so our three little children moved in with us and we came to Texas and it's been the best thing we've ever done. And the hardest thing we've ever done, um, when you make goals for yourself and you, you push hard on big goals, you don't often realize the hard stuff you're going to go through in the middle to get to the goal on the other side. And um, something we definitely weren't, weren't prepared for, but our lives and our family and our marriage are just so much better now because we're just focused on us. Um, we're not focused on the stress of finances. We paid off all of our debt with the sale of our house. Uh, um, so our lives have just been enriched so much more by, by living this lifestyle. 
I'm just, I, I'm honestly, I'm just kind of speechless. I'm like, that was the first question. <laughs> I'm already like, wow. And I told the whole story in the first question. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So no, that is just so inspiring. Like that just, it just gave me chills. So how, you said this was this previous November? Yeah, it was Thanksgiving of last year. Um, and, and our house was a beautiful, we had a beautiful house in this beautiful little country town called Rockmart, Georgia. We lived up on the top of a mountain. Um, had the real estate agent come out. Uh, I think one thing that we really learned in all this is that when you're surviving, you can't dream because you're just in survival mode. Um, and so many great things would come the way of Josh and I, cause we have great friends and we're pretty likable people. And Josh and I would turn them down or not get involved because we didn't think we were worthy or capable of doing whatever that activity or, or outlet was. And we doubted ourselves, even in this, even in the process of renovating our house and um, getting our house on the market, and then would our house sell, and would our house sell for what we needed it to sell for? How long would our house be on the market? Because it was such an in such a rural area, we just doubted ourselves so much through the process because we didn't know how to look forward to anything. Um, so. Well- so, so you said, you know, uh, y'all are both kind of from the same area. So I'm assuming both of y'all's families are there. So what, it, what was your family's initial reaction when you, you know, obviously his brother was on board cause he's, you know, the one that pitched the idea, but from yeah. your friends and family, you said this, I mean, were they just like, you're crazy. What are you thinking? You know, what was their reaction? Yeah. Um, our, especially our, our friends and family. Now some of them have evolved, <laughs> But um, their initial reaction was, you guys are crazy. Um, And some of them said it in a not positive connotation. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was a business owner um, and a a very popular, pretty successful business um, with my best friend. And I I was at the point where I needed to make a decision between my hobby or my family. Um, So I walked away from that. Um, That sadly um, ended a friendship. Um, my parents are, were at the time, my parents were a pretty big support system for Josh and I, and they thought we were crazy, not in a positive way. Mm-hmm. They were very, very stressed about pulling the kids from public school. Um, all of these things that we were doing were just not keeping up with the Joneses mainstream activities. And when you start doing things that aren't normal, people really start to raise, raise eyebrows. Um, we had lots of friends, however, who were very supportive and said, I think it's great. I think you guys are crazy, but it's great. Yeah. Um, and one thing that it's really done over the course of this past almost year is brought our whole family together so much. Um, credit to my brother-in-law for that, but um, Josh wasn't very close with his dad and stepmom, and now they're just an integral part of our family um, my parents are very supportive now because they really see the, the success story that's coming out of it. That's so awesome. So you mentioned that, um, that your kids, so they were in public school or did, like what, um, what made you homeschool if they were already in a, you know, it was just like, Hey, we're just going to 
Instead of, I guess, the this is my normal person response, quote unquote, yeah, okay. it would be we're going to move to Texas, we're going to get settled, and then we're going to put them in school. Or, you know, that would be um, a typical reaction you would hear. But for y'all, it's like, nope, we're going to homeschool. So what, I guess what made you um, have that decision? Was that a mutual decision for you and your husband? Or you decided you were going to do it? No, it was definitely mutual. Um, again, my brother-in-law, who's in education here in College Station, was also a great force um, in that decision for us. In in our hometown, at the particular time, one thing we were dealing with was a lot of sickness going on at the school. Lots and lots of sickness. And I'm sure all moms know how it is of multiple children. When one child gets sick, oh, everybody yes. is going to get sick. Yes. And strep and flu were just rampant at the particular time. The kids have been out of school for literally three weeks, just sharing back and forth. And the school called and they said, and I, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. We're, we're really trying to get better and get back to school. And the school responded with, well, you know, they're going to be over there 10 days of parent excused absences. And I was like, wait a second. My kids have been out missing from the school for three weeks. And this is what you called to, to tell me. Um, that was one of the, one thing that iced the cake. Um, another thing was we were moving out of our house into the camper. The camper was going to be about 45 minutes from their school. We would be commuting back and forth every day, twice a day. That didn't make any sense. Um, we could have put them in school where the camper was going to be, but there were six weeks of school left. That didn't seem to make sense. And our goal was to simplify. Mm-hmm. Um, our goal was to simplify our schedule, simplify our routine. So we weren't constantly on the road to activities and school and back and forth constantly. And it was a great decision. Our kids, that's, that's been the best decision that my kids benefited from. Not necessarily the homeschool part of it, because my kids went to a great school. We loved our teachers. I'm still great friends with some of the staff at their school. But just pulling them out of, again, pulling them out of mainstream, allowing them to focus on what was most important, which was their family, I would venture to say, even though they wouldn't admit it, they're best of friends now and know how to work together rather than constantly at each other's throats and constantly yeah. competing and constantly just in stress mode. Yeah. Um, and we had decided when we got here to College Station um, that if we were going to be here long term, we would put them back in the public school system because it wasn't anything we had against public school. It was just a convenience decision. Mm-hmm. definitely taught me to love and respect our public school teachers yes. was so much more than I had before. <laughs> it wasn't already enough. So, well, it's funny you say that. Okay. So I have um, a Facebook group that's dedicated to our rookie, our rookie tribe. And I have just a bunch of mamas and women on there that I kind of go to. And whenever I have questions about stuff and I ask them stuff for the podcast. So I let them know, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be talking to a mama who, homeschools uh her kids and she's in an rv and it was so funny my friend she is a working mama of two kids and she said how does this woman stay sane like well, i don't understand how does how do you stay sane in an rv with three kids and you're with them all the time and i said well i will ask her that so we just um we really try to learn learning to live in an rv is a process um, when you, when you read, there's tons of Facebook groups about full-time families and they all publish all the beautiful pictures and 
all the great stories about how great it's going, but learning to live in a small space is a process and it is a challenge every day. Um, how I don't go insane is we established a great schedule, um, a great structure. So the kids know what to expect every day, what time to expect it. They know what time, time to go get a shower is what time lights out is. That's been a huge, um, sanity saver. Also, we really try to get out of the RV as much as we can. And well, in Texas in the mornings when it's nice and cool, yeah. um, we go spend a lot of time at the pool. It's crazy how much time or how little time it takes to get a lot of great schooling in when it's one-on-one versus when they're in a group of 30 kids. Mm-hmm. So you can accomplish a lot in a little bit of time. And we really try otherwise to keep everything very, they even have a certain amount of time every day for iPads. We do a family movie night once a week. It sounds really Donna Reed, but it's really, really working, really, really working for our family. And my husband is great about letting me out to go. I mean, the grocery store is a great, <laughs> it's a great errand and getaway for me now. Yes. Um, he's really great about putting me out and letting me go and, and be away. So. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, actually, you touched on something, um, you know, with your schedule and everything. So I have a few friends that homeschool and then I have some that aspire to, you know, quit their job and to stay at home with their kids. So um, curriculum was another thing that came up. So what um, what type of curriculum do you follow? I know that there's um, it's just so different from whenever we were kids and it was so limited on what you could do when you stayed at home. But now there's co-ops and online education and just all kinds of different things. So a question that I had specifically was what kind of curriculum you use. So um, I have a great and dear friend in Georgia who homeschooled all five of her children. They're now all very very successful adults. And she was my go-to person of how do I do this? Because it is Mm -hmm. overwhelming the amount of information that is out there. It's overwhelming what curriculums are for what kind of learners Curriculum is pretty expensive. It's a very expensive investment. Um, it was a lot, and it was very overwhelming. But we knew in the long term, when we got here to College Station, they would go back to school. So it was a shorter amount of time I was working with. And she pointed out a great program online that's called Easy Peasy. Um, it's been around for, I think, twenty about 20 or 25 years. And it's all done online. And then you add to... Um, you supplement different areas however you would like to. So for us, it was a really low investment. We we bought them nice tablets. We invested in some um, online stuff they'd already done at public school, like ABC Mouse and different websites like that. And then, But the main part of their schooling came from that Easy PSD website, um, and it was great. It's been absolutely wonderful. You definitely have to put some work in and find ways to supplement what they're doing and find what works for your child. But for somebody who's just dipping their toes in the water, it's a great way to get started quickly and then learn and research more about the more expensive and bigger curriculums before you invest. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Because I know, like you said, there's just so much, my sons actually, they, we've moved three times in four years. So my sons have asked me um, several times, like, can we just homeschool? Like, it's just, like, it's just so much to switch from schools and to do all this. And I actually looked into it 
when we were making our last move because it seemed like it was going to be emotionally a lot harder on them this time. Mm-hmm. But I, like you said, I was absolutely overwhelmed. I searched for about a day looking at everything and I was like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't even know what's going on. I don't, there, it's just so much information out there. So I'm glad, you know, any of you listening, <laughs> if you're wanting to look into homeschooling, like that is a great place to start. And I really appreciate Rachel sharing that with us. But one of the other questions I had is, um, so, you know, you mentioned your friend or the kids um, and their friends back home and then, you know, having a schedule and everything for them. So do they have friends that they interact with? Like, do y'all have other kids that y'all go and play with? Like, how um, how does that work for your family? So in Georgia, when we were in our RV in Georgia, we, we kept our, our very normal group of friends. Um, I got involved, and this is another great thing for – moms who are new to homeschooling signed there are so many facebook groups out there of moms in in your community that are homeschoolers um i happened upon a great um north georgia homeschool group and really connected not only with the moms but my kids connected with those kids and there were so many field trips planned even on a weekly basis you couldn't you could never do them all but there was always something fun and educational going on with that group of moms and friends, which was great for me. And it was great for, um, great for my children. I'm still in touch with those moms. Even now that I'm in Texas, they're always checking on me and some of my biggest, biggest cheerleaders. And I bonded with them immediately. Um, they're just a great, uh, to me, the homeschool community is just a great welcoming group of people. Um, it doesn't matter where you've been in life or where you're going homeschool parents and families just seem to really embrace everyone. We have lots or there are lots of children in that group who have special needs or different learning abilities and um, just from all different walks of life. And all of these kids are great friends. We can go anywhere as a group and you think they've known each other for 15 years. Um, Here in Texas, we've let the kids keep in touch with their friends and they're, they're really close um, with their little cousins at home. But we write lots of letters. We do lots of FaceTime. Um, and they really like that. My kids didn't know how to write on a sheet of notebook paper because yeah. so much of our schooling in public schools is done on a screen yeah. or on a worksheet where everything is, you know, got a line for the or a bubble that you fill in. So it sounds so silly, but then writing letters was a big thing because they couldn't they didn't know how to even format a letter. Yeah. Um, and their friends at home love that. They really get into Landon and Lauren, whatever they're going to be sending them. Lauren's sweet little friend, Hannah, packs an envelope full of all kinds of little trinkets. Anything that will fit in a regular envelope, she mails it to Lauren. <laughs> I love and that. And that. Really that really gives them something to look forward to when we check the mail. Um, we haven't made a lot of physical friends here in Texas yet, but we're pretty new. Um, yeah. And the school year is about to start again. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that for them. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. No, I just, I love the pen pals. It's the 21st century pen pals, you know, it's like, it hey, I'm going to send you something, but then we're going to FaceTime later. You know, it's like, you can have right. both, like the best of both worlds. So I always really think cool. when, I always think when I was a teenager, we mailed cassette tapes back and forth of our favorite songs that we recorded that's off awesome. the radio. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. You just totally flashed me back. I can remember sitting there listening to my favorite radio station and then like it was about to come on and then like I had stepped away from it or something and I'd run back over and I would miss like the first five seconds of the song. But oh my gosh. Yeah. My kids will have no idea what I'm talking about when I let them listen to this later. They're going to be like, what? What's a cassette tape, Mom? Yes. And I'm like, what do you even do with this? That's so funny. 
But, um, okay, well, another question I had is, what is one of the coolest places that you've visited? And have y'all taken y'all's RV on the road anywhere else? Are y'all vacationing uh, to any other cool places? Or are y'all just kind of planted roots in the RV and that's where y'all are staying? So the great part about our plan is that we literally have no plan. Yeah. Um, we are here in Texas because we're here with family. Um, our, our first big trip that we went on when we sort of moved into this lifestyle was to Colorado. I've never been past Mississippi in my life at that point. So Colorado was amazing. Um, when you're from the South, I don't think we plan to be outside for enjoyment during the day. <laughs> and in Colorado, everyone is outside all the time. And it was just, there aren't even any words that do justice to describe the scenery. When we drove through Rocky Mountain National Park, I cried because I, I can't imagine people not getting to experience that in their That's lifetime. Awesome. And part of our goal, and one thing that we told each other when we did this was, we could we could have stayed in Rock Mart. We could have sold our house, rented a smaller house in town, lived on a smaller budget. But if we're going to live on the same budget, we wanted our kids to be able to see the world yeah. and see things outside of their zip code. Yeah. So for them to go to Colorado and drive through those mountains was just for them and for me, just, it was just breathtaking and, and it forever changed us. That's really where we want to go and live um, more on a full-time basis. And then being here in Texas has been so cool because um, I think in the South, we define being multicultural as living, um, living in a multicultural society as black and white. Mm-hmm. And when you get to a place where there are all kinds of people from all different backgrounds and all different nationalities, it's such a cool thing to me to really experience what a multicultural community and an international community really is. Yeah. Um, that has been one of the biggest things I think for Josh and I to realize is that the world is just such a bigger, a bigger place than what you realize. So even just our two, our Texas and Colorado places so far have just been life altering in terms of the way we look at the world. Yeah, that's so cool. And that's, and you're absolutely right. We love to travel and we like to take the kids to see stuff. And I love the fact that they can look at a globe and see, you know, like, look how big it is. Look how big the world, like this is, we're just a tiny speck on this big ball, you know, and it's it's just so cool to be able to teach your kids that and to show them, you know, that, the world is so much bigger than our tiny little bubbles that we, you know, you can choose to live in or you can choose to, you know, make your bubble a little bit bigger for everyone else. So that's really cool. And we had just, we had never considered before that you could live somewhere because you wanted to, not because mm-hmm. you, because you were bound geographically because you had to be. Yeah. And that's been a big revelation for us too. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you see yourselves, um, like you said, I know the like. Is it possible that the kids, you know, you'll just kind of hang out for a while and then put them back in public school? Or are you, you know, thinking about going somewhere else? Or are y'all thinking about, you know, what what are your plans? I guess for the next few years for your family. So we decided that wherever we were going to be um, for even a period of a few months, we would put the kids in school. Um, I follow a really, I'm sure so many of your listeners know about them, but I follow a really cool family on Instagram called the Bucket List Family, and they travel all over the world. But one of the things that I took away from some of the reading I did from the mom is that 
wherever they're, they stay for longer than a couple of months, they put their kids in the school system there um, so that they become a part of that community, even if it's just for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided if we stayed here long term in Texas, our kids would go to public school. Um, so long term, the goal is, is definitely public school, no matter where we are. Mm-hmm. And I think our goal is to be places for a long enough period of time that our kids can sort of grow and invest in the community for a while um, before we move on. That's awesome. That's so awesome. So how has this financially changed um, the way that y'all live? I mean, you mentioned, you know, having, you know, a big house and I'm sure y'all had a ton of debt Then just, uh, and you mentioned both of y'all working at the same time. So um, how has that, are you, um, is it just your husband that's working or are you working, you know, do you have a side hustle or are you doing anything like that? Or are y'all solely just living on his income? So when we sold our house, um, when we sold our house, we used that, the profit from the sale of our house to sort of fund our living as we speak currently. Um, One of the first things that we did that we had never done, and this is so sad to admit at age 40, we had never lived on any kind of budget. We never really had a plan for any of our money. We just spent as it needed to be spent. And we were living paycheck. I mean, like so much of the rest of the world is living. We were just living paycheck to paycheck and we didn't know where the money went. Um, so one of the first things we did was get on a really serious budget and it was hard and it was hard for our marriage. It was really hard for me because I don't like being told what I can do when and how much there is to do. Um, but we went and we went through that for about, I would say about two months of learning to live on a much smaller budget. And we knew we needed to do that so that our, so that the profit from our house could fund, um, us to not both work for a little while while we look for where we want to live and where we want to be. Um, and that's been, it's worked out really well so far when we were, um, renovating our house and moving into the RV, we just really parred down. And when you move into an RV, it cuts about half of your expenses out right off the top. Yeah. That was really helpful. So we have a set amount of money every month we spend on entertainment and a set amount of money we spend on miscellaneous. Um, and it's just really, again, it changed. It's that's been the biggest change for Josh and I's marriage: learning how to communicate about money and talk about money in a healthy, in a healthy way. Well, that's very inspiring too, because my husband and I, we actually went through the same thing about four years ago. Um, we just did an overhaul of our budget completely, the, our non-existent budget. <laughs> we thought we were, you know, keeping up with everything, but all we were really doing is writing down everything we spent every month. We weren't actually making a plan for things. So it's really inspiring to hear you say that because now going forward, you know, you can do these things that you dream of. If y'all decide, you know, you want to go somewhere else, like you can make it happen because you know what you can afford to live on and how you can do it. So that's, it's very inspiring. And I love to hear, I'm such a nerd. My husband and I were just both such dorks about spreadsheets and (laughs) loving everything budget wise. So I love to hear you say, you know, like that's just such an integral part of, you know, the process for y'all. That's just very cool. I think it's really, um, I I would always tell you before this past year that it's really, that's really cliche to say that you have to be able to talk about money. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have rolled my eyes at you, but Josh and I didn't talk about money. We were much like you said, we would write everything down that we were spending, but we would just keep spending. So it's, it's really been a great thing for us. And if we can do it 
on the um, on the budget we live on every month, anybody can. This is very attainable for anyone. Yeah, that's awesome. Amen. Like that's awesome. <laughs> like I, I love I love to hear people say that because everyone's just like whatever. Because I know that a lot of people are sitting here thinking like, yeah, right. You know, these people probably sold you know a humongous house and they're just living on you know hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's like you could do this too if you had a plan and that's exactly what y'all did y'all were very responsible about it and you had a plan you sold the house and you know it's kind of like well you know we got to go get a job for a while or i have to you know sell something see me my my first answer to everything and my husband it drives him crazy i'm like well let's sell something like i start looking around the house and he's like get away from my guitars, do not touch the computer, like, and I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm just, I go on a selling spree anytime I start thinking we, I need some money for something, but anyway, that's a whole other episode that I'll, you know, delve into another time. (laughs) And we did, we sold, I mean, our house was not, I mean, we lived in a very rural town in Northwest Georgia. We sold a very average house for that area. Um, after we paid for all of our renovations that we had did, we had a pretty modest amount and, and paid all of our debt off. We had a pretty modest to small amount left over, but it's that we already had a plan for every dollar of that amount of money. Um, and, and my mom and dad said to us, when we, when you talked about family, I wanted to say this, we're, Josh and I are 40 years old. And when we sat down with my parents, because again, at the time, not now, at the time they were our biggest, um, our biggest supporters financially and emotionally. And we told them, Hey, this is what we're going to do. We don't want to live the way we've been living. And, and these are the decisions that we've made. My mom and my mom cried and my dad was very upset. And they said, let us fix this for you. We will help you catch the house up. We will help you with whatever over the budget that you need every month is. And, and to Josh and I, that wasn't a solution. And that's the kind of things that we have been doing our whole life is just kind of band-aiding over the issues. Mm-hmm. I, I would have loved nothing more to have looked at my dad who would have, my sweet dad, I'm a card carrying member of the daddy's girl club. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to have let him do that for us, but it wouldn't have solved anything. Josh and I yeah. still wouldn't have been able to communicate. We would have const all, all of the whole family would have still constantly been at each other and arguing and under so much anxiety and stress. We had to do something to actually, let that open wound heal on its own so that we learned a lesson. Even at age 40, you can still, you can still learn lessons. That's awesome. That's I'm, I'm so inspired by your story and I'm so happy that we met y'all Rachel and I met in a Facebook group. Okay. So this, (laughs) this is, you know, a testament to the Facebook groups and the communities that you can make out there. Like, it's just, I'm so happy to have met you on there. And, um, I wanted to wrap up with, um, what we're calling our keeping it real questions. And we ask all of our guests this. So, um, my first one is what motivates you on days when things are super tough? And I always give the same example because it's, it's, personal example of mine but it's like okay you've spilled your coffee all over yourself you know you're running late somewhere and it's just like like what pushes you past that how do you just stay motivated on those days that are everything's really hard I think that remembering that my problems really aren't problems Mm, spilling my coffee having a bad morning with I mean and listen we have all the regular problems and Josh and I still like to throw down arguments in the 37 foot camper. We (laughs) we have all of the real stuff that everybody else does. But I think the difference is 
I really try to keep it in perspective now that my kids are healthy. I have a marriage that I love being in. We're on this big adventure and like my problems that I think are problems are really not problems. And there's a lot, I struggle so much with anxiety about um, what's the next thing that's going to happen. And there's no plan for the next thing. And, and that's just so not normal. And, and Josh has to say to me all the time, your life is fun. Mm-hmm. There's so much sickness and, and strife and war and, and violence in the world. And really when I just focus on the five people that are in this 37 foot space, life is really okay. That's awesome. That's good. That's really good. Okay. My next question is what's the best advice you would give to your younger self? Oh, wow. Listen to your mom because she's totally right about everything. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. My mom. Yeah. Shout out to you too. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. My mom will, my mom will replay that moment of this podcast over, over. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My last keeping it real question is, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? No, for sure. If I were a perfectionist, we could not be doing what we're doing. I fail. I fail. I fail hardcore at things every day. I couldn't be a perfectionist and live this life. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay. Finally with a little bit of failure. I think it's healthy and good. And I think when you acknowledge failure, it makes you a better person. Awesome, man. You've just got, this is such an inspiring talk today. Like I'm just so excited about all the little, you know, wisdom nuggets that we've had in here. It's been so good. But Rachel, I've really enjoyed talking with you, but um, if you could share with everybody, uh, where can we find more about you, um, your social media or website or anything like that? Can you share um, where the audience can find more about your sweet family? Sure. So we are on um, two different kinds of social media. All of our beautiful pictures are on Instagram at Bullock Family Roadshow. Um, my two older daughters are famous for curating my Instagram feed, so it's very pretty. But um, I tell all the real stories and post all the real life pictures on Facebook at the same name, Bullock Family Roadshow. Um, I haven't really gotten really far with our social media, but I'm a big writer, and so I like to tell all kinds of stories about our journey in our everyday life. And you can find them on either place, Instagram or Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on the show and y'all be sure to go check out her pictures. I've already seen a few, um, of the camper. It looks really cool. And I'm going to go check out and see everything else, but, uh, welcome to Texas. I forgot to say that at the beginning, (laughs) but welcome to Texas. And we're so glad you're here. And I'm so glad you joined us today. Thank you so much for having us. Man, what an amazing conversation. Can you imagine how much courage that took to, one, realize that your debt and your schedule of activities were just completely crippling your family's lifestyle, and then to take that leap of faith and go against the perceived, quote, right path. But I just, I'm completely inspired and I admired Rachel and her family so much for stepping out, going against the grain and doing what they knew was right for their family. But like I said in our interview, there were so many little nuggets of wisdom in there and I wanted to give y'all my number one takeaway from my interview with Rachel. She said, when you're surviving, you can't dream. I mean, just wow, like What a powerful statement, and I really just want you to think about that again. She said, when you're surviving, you can't dream. 
it's just a statement that really hits home for me. And I just, some of the things I started thinking about is when you're so consumed with the lifestyle other people believe you're supposed to have, whether it's a big fancy house, a brand new SUV, or a private school for the kids, you're really missing out on the opportunities for adventure. And then when you're worried about paying your bills or living paycheck to paycheck, or you feel like you're barely able to keep your head above water, you can't see all the potential wonderful things ahead of you. And if you feel like it's just going crazy, like your life is, ah, you know, like it's just not working out, maybe it's time to reevaluate some things. So if this is you, I highly recommend having a conversation with your spouse. Or if you're single, maybe talking to someone who can point you in the right direction. If your financial situation isn't where you want it to be, go talk to someone. Go talk to a financial advisor or someone that can make the situation better. But guys, I'm just so happy to speak with Rachel and share her family's journey. So please visit crystalprofit.com slash podcast. That's crystal with a K, profit with two F's and two T's. And check out the show notes for this week's episode. You're also going to find Rachel's social media links so you can follow her family's journey. And y'all, their pictures of life on the road are pretty awesome. But guys, I'm so happy y'all joined us here today for the Rookie Life podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. There's some really cool things around the corner. I know I say that every time, but I'm just so excited to share all the things that I'm learning with y'all. And while you're at it, please rate and review the show on iTunes. We just did our very first giveaway, and it was so much fun. I gave away one of my books, and it was just so much fun to be able to do that for y'all. So please go rate and review the show. We're going to be choosing random reviewers to receive some cool Rookie Life merchandise, and I don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to get some really cool stuff. Because who knows what the prize is going to be next time. But that does it for episode 11. Stay tuned for next week's show. And remember, keep it up, rookies. We all have to start somewhere.